Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This week's episode of the Fangirls Podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Tax Pros, an award-winning tax firm dedicated to providing their clients a full range of advanced tax planning and tax resolution services. With five locations in Southern California, Tax Pros is there to meet you where you are, offering phone and video appointments. Learn more or book an appointment today at taxprose.com. Hello and welcome to the Fangirls Podcast. I'm Lauren. And I'm Julie, and we are so excited to dish and spill the tea with you today. So this episode of Outlander 606, the world turned upside down. Oh my gosh. It was turned upside down. It was. The shit has hit the fan officially. The ridge has been shaken. It has been shaken. So, but before we get into that, before we get into spilling the tea and spoilers, Julie, I am so jealous. You went to a panel, an Emily and Paris panel, and you were in the same room with Luca Bravo. I most definitely was. Like how many feet away from him were you? Like what row? So I was at the Dolby Theater this Mm -hmm. weekend, Sunday with my friend, China. It was a super long overdue friend reunion that I was so excited to have. I haven't seen her. Yeah. I haven't seen her since, uh, three months before the pandemic hit. Oh my gosh. That's a long time. We FaceTimed, you know, a dozen times, but this was a fun nerdy night out. That was again, very much needed in general. Yeah. So so jealous. Yes. And so so jealous. This Emily in Paris panel was put on by Paley Fest. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was at the Dolby Theater where the Oscars are held. What? Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And we had floor seats. Are you kidding me? Yeah. China is a member of Paley Fest. She has a membership and we, we had great seats. I want to say I was about, give or take about 60 feet away from the cast. So your butt could have been like sitting in a chair that like a celebrity's butt has sat in. Mm-hmm. Like Robert Pattinson's butt could have been sitting where your butt was. Right. It was probably more of a, a seat filler situation. Oh, but, maybe not that. So close. I was in the back of the floor, but it was. Yeah, that's great. like a makeup artist seat, probably. probably. Probably, probably. But I felt very fortunate to be there. It that was so fun. It was so great. They started off the session with uh, the season finale of season two. That way it was fresh in everybody's mind. So everybody could ask questions. Okay. The moderator for the panel was from People Magazine and she was super cute. She had a beret on. My apologies because I can't remember her name, but she was also a dedicated fangirl like the rest of us. We had Luca Bravo, Camille Rosat, Ashley Park, Lily Collins, Lucy and Laviscount, Darren Starr, and Andrew Fleming there for the panel. Oh my God. Gosh. Yes. It was just Hollywood gold for this panel. Mm. Ashley Park. Can I just say gym inspiration, the outfit that she wore that night, it was this beautiful two piece yellow cutout ensemble. I don't know. I mean, I can't pull off yellow in general. Neither can I. I'm already yellow. (laughs) She set the bar. She absolutely set the bar. The friendship that Lily Collins and Ashley Park have was incredibly evident. And one of the questions that was asked was what was a special behind the scenes moment that you can talk about that you want to share? 
something that means a lot to you. As some folks might know, Lily Collins was planning her wedding during season two. Yeah. And she didn't get the traditional wedding fitting because of COVID and or wedding festivities. So she had her designer come to set to do a non-traditional dress fitting. And Ashley made her day by throwing flower petals around (laughs) and just setting the mood at kind of like a bridal shower-esque moment. Yeah, that's so sweet. She has that memory. None of her friends were there, close family friends. I don't even think her mom was there to see her dress fitting. Oh. And she said, Ashley just made sure that she didn't miss out on, you know, those wedding festivities. In that general, so sweet. Ashley Park totally seems like that kind of friend. That's oh, just yeah. Like your ride or die pal. Absolutely. And just making magic. Yeah. Make, making sure your friends don't miss out on milestones mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Ashley, you're the real MVP. You have yeah. my heart. Are you ready for some only in Paris tea? Give it to me. Give it to me now. Okay. So, COVID pending production was announced to start in June of this year. Oh, my gosh. So, we are T minus two months away from production. That's exciting Mm, stuff. I'm so excited. Yes. I'm thinking if they wrap in November, Mm -hmm. we should be able to get season three by April of next year. Yes, ma'am. So that's what I'm hoping for. That's fingers crossed COVID pending. Okay. The other huge bombshell that was dropped, Lucien Laviscount, AKA Alfie. It was announced at Paley Fest that he will be a season three series regular Homie got promoted that night. What? Yes. We thought Alfie was going to be nixed one or two episodes in as are most of Emily's boyfriends and or love interests. He got promoted to series regular for season three and he was shocked. He He was shocked. He, this was brand new information. They did not announce (gasps) it. They just dropped that. He was like, what? Oh my gosh. What? So you saw that in real time. Like I did. You saw his whole facial reaction and Darren Starr was like, so are you free? Are you available? (laughs) We can talk afterwards. Oh my gosh, Julie. Yes. That's a moment. Was everybody else shocked? We were all applauding. He was just like, wait, you're, you're serious. I get to be season three regular. Things are going to be interesting. Okay. There's going to be like this love square triangle. Exactly. Camille, Gabrielle, Alfie, Emily. Oh yeah. It's going to be interesting. First thing Darren Starr was asked was, what can you tell us about season three? And his immediate answer was, oh, absolutely nothing. (laughs) That's, that is a no fly zone. (laughs) He's like, sorry. (laughs) He said, oh, except that production starts in June Mm -hmm. and, or the tidbit about Lucian when questions for Luca and Camille came up, they were just like, so what can you tell us about this love triangle or now love square? And they both, I can't tell if they were terrified to slip up and give away season three tidbit, or they were trying to play the, I don't fully understand what you're asking me because I'm a French actor. So the question was, what can you tell us about Luca and Camille's relationship? And she was very slick. Camille was very slick. She just said, um, we're working on it. So we are. And Luca just put his hand on hers. Like, yep, it's going to take a while, but we're actively working through it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We're, we're actively working on us as a couple. And it was, it was very cute when they were getting questions from the audience. They didn't answer the questions directly because I think there was this fear of slipping up. 
Oh, for sure. They don't want to pull a Tom Holland and just give stuff away constantly. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So they did a beautiful job answering what they did answer. Okay. Is Luca Bravo as beautiful in person as he is on screen? If not more. As if this kind sir could not get any more attractive. Maybe you knew this. I did not. This was brand new information to me. What? Did you know he's a chef? In real life? In real life. I couldn't remember if it was the moderator or an audience member who asked this question. Did they ask him if he has a favorite pan? It was something along that line, but the question was, do you now cook more in life because of your character on the show? And he was like, oh, I already have a culinary background. I'm already a chef. This was, the audition was, can you, can you flip an omelet? And he was like, can I? And Dear every God girl in, heaven. in the audience were just like, oh, sweet mother of, <laughs> how did this guy just get that much more attractive? But you just heard a natural female sigh go through the audience yeah. and he just kind of oh, blushed. Like, oh, that's a selling point. What? Oh my God. This level of hot that you are is just, it's not, there's no chart to measure Mm -hmm. this and you're French right? and you cook. He also stated that there was a very intense chopping scene in season two. (laughs) Intense chopping scene. And as actors, you're not supposed to put yourself in harm's way. So the the production team was concerned that this was a safety hazard. Mm Mm-hmm. So his stunt double was chopping intensely and he had some inner frustrations. Like this should be me doing it. He's like, my ego did get in the way a bit on this particular scene. So he tried to do as many cooking scenes that they would let him do. Yeah. And he said, I'm the only one who can tell whose hands are in this scene, but his technique was not up to par. (laughs) And I had a couple words about it. Oh, he's so adorable. And I was so impressed. You can't be that good looking and cook. How does the universe make that happen? That makes other people like us have a hard time breathing. Right. It's not safe for us. <laughs> Giving like us perfection. super unrealistic expectations of men. And I, I mean, good for you. Good on him for being phenomenal at what he does in all aspects of life. I am here for it. I am rooting for Whoever this guy's significant other is someday down the road, whoever that individual is, you are divinely blessed, right? (laughs) Yes. They all reiterated that this is our first in-person panel ever for the show ever, ever, because I guess it did come out during COVID. So it did every interview and or panel they've done has all been virtual and which totally translates fun. (laughs) No, but it's. They're doing something at the very least. And it just didn't dawn on me that that was the case. So to see them in their first ever panel interview as a team, they just were all like, oh, I'm so sorry. We're nervous. It's great. Thank you guys for being here. They were all super humble. And it was actually really cute because the first thing Lucien said when uh, Luca's name was announced was Team Gabrielle. (laughs) Even he's Team Gabrielle. I was like, King supporting Kings. Is yeah. that what I'm seeing here? I love yeah. it. And even Luca mentioned like what's in store for his relationship with Emily. And he was like, I don't know, but my money's on them. You know, him still having feelings for Emily. I don't know. Shot in the dark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he played it coy, but he didn't know how it was going to play out. Or, and I think that's when the, I, I don't want to slip up mannerisms came yeah. out and 
the only person that was sorely missed and it was noted amongst the crowd too. Philippine was missing. There was an audience member who asked an amazing question about hers. While she is missing tonight, what's your favorite Philippine moment? And the cast just went down the line saying how she's a great mother. She's very loving. She's very caring. And while you don't see that in her character as Sylvie, you do feel it on set behind the scenes as well. And not only does she like set the bar for Sylvie, they were saying the Saint-Tropez scene of her walking out of the ocean. Yeah. They said the rocks that she was walking on, basically glass. Oh my gosh. They're like, those rocks were so sharp and she did it with a straight face and the water that she was coming out of that bikini scene. Yeah. Was 40 degree water. And you never would have guessed because she walked out of there like Venus out of the ocean. Yeah. Like she was in the Bahamas on like white, a white sand beach. Exactly. Like that's the goal is like when I am like living my best life in my fifties, I want to be her. I want to mm-hmm. be, I want to look like that. I want to be like that. And just her confidence. She's one of my favorite characters on that show. Uh, they just had the loveliest things to reiterate about Philippine. So here's the part of the show where we spill the tea. When we say we spill the tea, we're talking spoilers. We are talking about episode 606 of Outlander. The world turned upside down. Oh my gosh. The first time I watched this episode, I've watched it twice. Okay. I, I cannot even, yeah, I knew it was coming same and <laughs> I was still not prepared. It was so intense. Let's start with my favorite Roger moment. Cause in the beginning, Oh yes. Okay. Preaching. And it was amazing. Like his voice is just so commanding, but also so loving and to start the show off that way and how they pan in and it's like upside down in the window of the church. And then it like comes and shows Roger. I was like, well, that is some pretty good foreshadowing. I would have to say my favorite Roger moment was when he just said the most beautiful thing to Claire. Nothing could ever make you less beautiful. That was really sweet. And just his tenderness with her in that moment, the way he delivered information about her hair. And he's just so good with people. He is. You know, he just ministers to them. And it was just so beautifully done in that moment. And then, you know, moments later, Brie comes in. And this is my favorite Brie moment when she tells her mom that her hair like looks ridiculous and it just takes like the pressure off kind of for just her open candor about it made it seem so much less devastating and how she was going to fix it up and then tells her that she's going to have another grandbaby, you know, like what a better time to, you know, just give her that encouragement and that love and just share that news with her. I'm like, that was well-timed. That was also my favorite Brie moment. Mm -hmm. I will say it was just very tender. I will say this. That moment in general of Claire realizing her hair Mm -hmm. was cut, I thought the book related as a more volatile situation, like her realizing everything was happening as she looked at herself in the mirror and she was like, what the hell just happened versus this feverish Claire that doesn't fully comprehend. Oh, someone cut my hair. Okay. I thought she was a little more calm than I expected versus the book. The scene played out beautifully on the show. I just remember her being so much more upset and maybe I just read it with more emotion, but I agree with you. 
I think okay. they had to do a lot in that scene. They did. A mm-hmm. lot of explaining had to be done in that one scene because they're mm-hmm. doing all of this like chapters and chapters worth of source material, chapters of source material, like so much being done in one scene. Like, yes, you're really sick. They thought you had a fever, this and that. Oh yes, also I'm pregnant. And in her recovery and all of that was a, a big part of the book and all. Mm-hmm. So they had to get a lot done. Which they scene. did. They covered so much. They this did. episode felt so long. And I was like, okay, are they going to stop it here? Nope. Nope. They're still going. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it did. And, and they did it really well too. They did. It had a beginning, middle, end. I have to say, Jamie really, he just shined in this episode. His overall devotion to Claire throughout the whole uh, storyline. Mm-hmm. He just, when he was like carefully carrying Claire up the stairs and like he put his feet like sideways just to like be more careful and then him sleeping on the floor so he didn't disturb her. And they were yeah. talking about the time that he slept on the floor, you know, outside of her room back in the day before they were married, his confession to Claire about Mary McNabb. He was just so adorable and just so tender and devoted to his wife. He got all of the husband points in this episode. Yeah, I'll give that to Jamie. What was your favorite Jamie moment? I mean, all of those things. I kept trying to choose one and I was like, all of them. What about you? Okay, well, I guess I'll be a little brash on the subject, but I loved it when he nailed Alan Christie. (laughs) Alan Christie went for a swing and a miss and you just see him just, nope, not today, son. Mm -mm." Boom. (laughs) Yeah, Alan Christie did not learn his lesson. He went for seconds to go get his butt handed to him by yeah. Laird Brockturak. And it Alan did not Christie end well. Is such a slime ball. He's just so slimy and cowardly. And we know that this was all, this was all an act. Exactly. On, on Alan Christie's part. So yes. And you see the facial expressions of Alan Christie and you know, something's up or at least us book readers know that mm-hmm. something is up. Yes. And you guys are going to find out when Malva dropped her truth bomb or her non-truth bomb, which mm-hmm. I will call. I, I read that with more, with more emotion. Also, I thought that was a more volatile situation and came across very calm and rational as she was delivering the news. And I read it as a malicious tone, a malicious act. I was expecting things to go up in flames here real quick. And she very calmly and rationally tried to deliver the message as innocently as possible. And I was like, "Mm -mm, wrong crowd, sister. Nope, not today. Yeah, I have to say, (laughs) I mean, she slapped Leary once and she Mm -hmm. slapped Malva. It was well-deserved. That's muscle memory. Boom. (laughs) Right. When her hand connected with that face, that her hand was like, oh, familiar territory. I mean, Claire's overall performance in this episode was absolutely stellar. Mm-hmm. The none of us belong here speech in oh, the barn. Yeah. I remember this in the book and she's like, we're all here because I loved you more than the life that I had. And if you don't feel the same way, then that means all of this is a lie. And I'm not prepared to deal with that. And it's like, you just feel feel that in that moment of, oh my gosh, what would that feel like if the person I have this undying love for doesn't actually love me back, you know, and she didn't believe it, but it was that moment where you're going to question it for a second because you're in shock of what's happening, but then they talk it out. And then when she goes to see Malva later and she's like, you're not coming between us. We have been through so much. You're not going to break that. Mm -hmm. And they have that confidence in each other, Jamie and Claire, that that love. It's so strong, but her performance in that moment, I was just like, 
I've got tears in my eyes. Oh man. So good. Uh, my favorite Claire moment was when she followed up with Malva mm -hmm. at their cabin and just to muster that courage and strength of being a civil mature adult to find out what the root of the issue was and why they went after someone that Malva had admired. She was trying to get to the psychology behind why Malva was doing this. She said, did someone hurt you? Did someone do this? Yeah. Her physician role came into play of mm -hmm. a, you know, a caring doctor who wanted and to her, understand. And a mothering Exactly. Role. You know, like something is up with this chick that she feels like she has to lie about this. Mm -hmm. Cue Alan Christie coming out so that Malva doesn't slip up to tell her the whole backstory. And then Malva just her whole face changes mm -hmm. and her whole demeanor changes. It's interesting when Claire was telling Jamie about her dream with the snake in the house. Cause she's like, when master Raymond healed me, I had I, this vision Visions. of birds. And then she's like, I had a dream. There's a snake in the house. And Jamie's like, if a snake tries to cross the threshold of this house, it'll lose its head. I mean, she lost her head. That was exactly how I read the scene. Yes. And I did not think they could capture it to its full entirety, but they did. They knocked it out of the park, man. Oh, man. That was exactly how I imagined it. And even in that moment where Claire is desperately trying to save this baby, mm -hmm. she does it with such precision even with a gardening knife, but as, right. as a surgeon, I'm like, she still, she, she knew exactly what to do. She did it the quickest way possible, but that was probably one of the hardest scenes to watch since faith that episode. Oh yeah. Yeah. Episode that was hard to read season two. Yeah. Hard to yeah. read, hard to watch. Oh, and I love that Roger and Jamie went to like meet with continental Congress and they, and they were talking about how the drinking that happened and they threw that in there and, you know, to bring you back to the, the time of like, what is really happening there. And History-wise, yeah. History-wise, I mean, yeah. I did think it was piss poor timing to leave your wife and both your wives, like one's pregnant and the other one's not the most favored on the ridge at the moment. That probably caught me off guard the most was the Fisher folks alienating both Claire and Brianna. I was like, y'all have the audacity to alienate your resident physician and or your landlord. That makes no sense. And while I remember yeah. reading it in the book and being like, you guys are going to need her someday. And this is not smart behavior guys, but maybe y'all aren't smart. Like, yeah, let's piss off the landlord. Sounds like a plan. We have to remember like the power of perception and like public yeah. opinion, especially back in these times where people are so superstitious and mm -hmm. religion is, is plays an interesting role in everything and makes people scared of all these things. Like, and it's been building up like, oh, is she a witch? Is this and that? And, you know, Claire's dealt with this before the public opinion and the perception is she is a Sassanac witch. And now mm -hmm. that didn't help her case because Malva was for sure spreading that around right. even more. And Malva's really good at creating a perception. And mm -hmm. so to accuse Jamie of fathering her child, Malva's child, that just puts Claire in an even worse position. And that's what Malva's game plan was, was to, to push her out because she knows how people are. Mm -hmm. I don't think I was caught off guard by that because people aren't thinking as logically as say Claire is because people aren't going to schools. They're not going to university. They're not learning things. They're learning what their neighbor tells them. Right. Good point. That's where information is coming from, not from books, not from studying from afar. I mean, like they're believing like, oh, our 
Laird or himself has taken advantage of a young girl. They're mm-hmm. believing it. And remember when Jamie was said, oh, they're going to believe it. Right. Because Claire's like, you know, she's this educated woman from the future. She's like, oh, they're not going to believe that because this is ridiculous. And he's like, oh, they're going to believe that they're going to because people are, you know, not as open minded. They're not as well read or they're not as experienced. So, of course, they're going to believe that, you know, mm-hmm. some girl, especially the performance Malva put on, even when Ian is coming to confess to Claire, right. like, it could be my child. He said, she's not like the other girls who are you know, shy, she was open and very forward. Malva is not afraid to make these kind of big moves. Right. And we'll find out why later. We're not going to give that away now, but Mm -hmm. people don't expect a young girl to be like that. People expect a young girl to be taken advantage of by an older man. Mm -hmm. That makes sense to them because they've seen that probably hundreds of times. Yeah. But for a girl to be as conniving as Malva, who seems like very pious and like, you know, this dedicated daughter and sister of these men. Made she pulls play. it off very well. You made yeah. him play right into her hands for sure. Mm-hmm. I think we know what the cliffhanger is pulling the baby out. And <laughs> she's yeah. I mean, a for effort for trying, trying to save the baby, but to have to act that out mm-hmm. and you're pregnant in real life. I was like, dang, she needs an award. The awards. All the awards. Yeah. All the awards. She's incredible. What was your favorite thing overall? I think I love romance. It gets me every time. Yeah. It gets me every time. Just his love for her. I would have to say Malva's demise. <laughs> like I, a little more dark. Mine's a little more dark than yours. Right. I was like, well, okay. Yeah. Not exactly hearts and rainbows over here, but okay. <laughs> like it translated from book to screen perfectly. I, it did. I remember being in a full range of emotions when reading it and feeling those feelings while watching it. I mean, like, yeah, that did escalate quickly. And Malva's rise and fall happened so quick. And this episode captured all of that in Mm -hmm. one fell swoop. And now it is time for the Fangirl Spotlight of the Week. The Fangirls podcast is now on Etsy. Our shop has a variety of original custom-made fandom-inspired artwork in digital download form with prints inspired by Outlander, Bridgerton, Harry Potter, Marvel, and more. You are sure to find a design that celebrates your favorite fandom. We are offering 10% off our Etsy store with the code FANGIRL. The link to our store and all the info will be in the show notes. The Fangirls Podcast is brought to you by Believe Podcast Network, and we want to take a moment and thank you for tuning in to our podcast. Leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts so that we can dish and spill the tea with more fangirls and fanguys like you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please be sure to subscribe to our podcast to hear all of our latest episodes. We love hearing from you, so connect with us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Check out our website to see all that the fangirls are up to. We post a monthly shopping guide called the fangirls favorite things inspired by your favorite fandoms. All the information will be in the show notes. See you next time. See you next time. We here at the fangirls podcast are not affiliated with the following Emily in Paris, Netflix, People Magazine, Paley Fest, the Dolby Theater, anything involving Hollywood, uh, Outlander, Outlander Stars, Stars Network, Diana Gabaldon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V 
on YouTube.